podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I bought my friend an elephant for his room. He said thanks, and I said, don't mention it. Because the elephant in the room. Was the <laughs> <laughs> Those are the best ones that you have to explain. <laughs> to yeah, that's actually a really good joke. I just did not get it. <laughs> I didn't get it either until you explained <laughs> I like how quickly you had to explain it as well. You could see the look on our faces. Like this I knew is not instantly. I was like, "This is bombed completely." How oh, I like it. What did you think it was going to do, Nate? Were you pleased with this one? I was. Yeah, I thought it was going to be pretty good. Actually, I thought we were going to maybe not a ten, but I thought it was going to be upper upper echelons of the Lawrence Barreto scale. Uh oh. And I feel like because you didn't respond <laughs> because it had to be explained to you, that's not going to be the case. No, but I'm ready um... for it. Luckily, I'm ready for that. Hit me. So I'm going to give you a six because I feel like if I was smarter, I would have got it and then it would have been funnier, but I didn't get it. And therefore I need to. So you're marking, it. you're marking yourself as <laughs> you're marking yourself down as well as me. Effectively. Yeah. So I'll take that. we, that's fine. we could both suffer together, Nate, if that's okay. Six asterisks. If Lawrence was smarter, it would have been an eight. <laughs> well, you've got, you've got to know your audience, mate. You know, you sometimes yeah. play to it. So. Yeah. I think we need to go back to the Jolene one. <laughs> that, was the, that was that was that was our limit. The Dolly Parton Jolene. <laughs> Welcome to the Padhog podcast, featuring stories following Formula One around the world. I'm Lawrence Bretto, F1 correspondent and presenter. I'm Chris Medland, F1 correspondent at Racer. And I'm Nate Saunders from ESPN. I nearly gave myself a new title just because I want to boast about a new job. Why so serious? Exactly, yeah, which did well, actually, as in it got three likes on Instagram, your comment. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah, doing a bit of radio with SiriusXM this year. Uh, reporting cool. from racetracks and things. Although we've done one race, went really well, did a grid walk, did live interviews afterwards as well. Great fun. Uh, round two already in technical difficulties looking like I won't be able to do any of the above because I don't have a SIM card that will work to give me signal. I bought one and it it refuses to give me 4G. It only gives me 3G and 3G apparently does not work for anything anymore. Don't even get WhatsApp messages or emails or anything. So not good. I'm sure you know a person, Meadows. Like, you know a lot of people. Like, I'm sure you've thought this out. I've asked a person who doesn't know how to help, but I've made it their business to help me uh, in Tom Cooney, who yeah, works with the uh, race promoters. And I've just been like, you work here, help me. So uh, I will spend most of today and tomorrow trying to get that fixed. How's everyone else's day going? Good. Uh, well, I've got a SIM card that works. <laughs> <laughs> so, you lucky son. Yeah, but that's, you know, it's a UK SIM card. So I don't need a Saudi one, which is lucky. Otherwise, things are good. Got a, got a six with an asterisk earlier. That was great. Um, <laughs> Lawrence admitted he wasn't as smart as me, which is a good moment. Uh, it's better than a five, mate. So come on. True, yeah. That that is that. But you are smarter <laughs> than you than you realise. You see, you know that five six is better than a five. There's hope for you yet, mate. <laughs> Have you just been guessing numbers this whole time? You're like uh, eight, <laughs> uh, three. <laughs> you just know ten is the best one. I've so just undone. I've just undone the point score. <laughs> you think I'm like a puppy? You're like. Nate just responds happily when I when I say eight or nine, so I just keep saying those. <laughs> you should see when he's on the grid. 
because he thinks 10 is the best one. And then they're like, Pierre Gasly starts 10th. So he walks to pole position. He's like, where's Pierre? Where is he? He's like, I've never understood the sport where the He's quickest driver has to start in the middle of the pack. The riskiest <laughs> place to start. How fun oh, that would dear. be. It was good be being fun. back on the grid though, Medus. I enjoyed seeing you in the gear that you are currently um, using right now. I like the way you hold a microphone as well, Medus. Can, what, Thank I you. know that I... the listeners can't see, but you hold it very delicately, like with the, the tips of your fingers, as if what you're saying, everyone is hang on in every word. Well, they are. Yeah, I, I am. I don't know why, actually, I hold it like that. I think it's because it's quite small. So it's like Wait, it's not very heavy. Sorry, sorry, people listening. But he too walks. Easy. Come on, I could not. I couldn't have not done that. That was like he said three things that all could all lead into that into that <laughs> into that joke. That's a six, six right there. That's a six. <laughs> yeah, that is a six. Um, yeah. So it. I don't know why, but yeah, that's why I hold it like that. And I am bodging it for the first two races because I think it came together so last minute it was just buy a little microphone that plugs into my iPhone join a zoom call via my iPhone and, and wander around and it worked really well in Bahrain but yeah we'll hope to get some actual proper kit uh, for the next ones but this is also why if I sound weird on this podcast it's because of my uh, pretty basic setup but, mate, mate that's not that's not the reason you sound weird on this podcast it's just your general being <laughs> ah you say that though Nate but we actually have a five-star review that would suggest Ooh. otherwise. Oh, uh, okay. And it is titled, I like this title. This, someone's gone to care with this title. It's the only uh, review this week, but it's a long one, so settle down. Uh, the title starts, The Funniest Motorsports Podcast, dot, dot, dot. And then the review continues, dot, 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 by a country mile. Wow, that's uh, a big Yeah, that is, that is a bigger than a normal mile. Uh, basically, this is you and your mates in a pub having a bit of banter about F1, except you and your mates are actual F1 journalists that might have some actual insight on the damn thing. Just remember not to listen to it while you're walking down the street or you'll get some funny looks from when you laugh out loud for no apparent reason to the people around you. On a side note, I can't help but make a small correction, brackets, and with it, add to the childish jokes. On the episode when you introduced Aston Martin's new principal, uh, new team principal, sorry, you said that he was from Germany, but I have to inform you that Mike Crack is actually from Luxembourg. Uh, and then we get a wink emoji from Andre, a fan from Luxembourg. Well, thank you, Andre, uh, whose username is Portugeek. And I have to confirm, having done some research, i.e. I put Mike Crack's name into Google. You uh, researched into Lu- Mike Crack? He's Luxembourg. Still funny. He is from oh, Luxembourg. Shit, okay. Well, apologies to the population of Luxembourg for misnational... Misnationalizing your favorite son, Mike Crack. Can, uh, misidentifying, I guess. Misidentifying, yeah. And he must be up there. He must be one of their best, finest exports, Mike Crack. But um, has anyone been to Luxembourg? I've driven through it. I, I Actually, no, I stayed there for one night. That was fun. Full house, nice. all three of us. Yeah, oh, I wow. too have driven through it when I was doing a road trip. Very nice, very pleasant. Did you not stay? No. We had a, we had oh. a nice lunch in the little square. I yeah. went over that really cool bridge, which was really nice. Yeah. And then left. I've done both of those. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been to that same square. I stayed for a night in a hostel on a road trip with some friends. And um, and it was really, really good fun. It was just underneath that bridge, actually. So you had a really cool view from the river down below. And then we went up to the, had to climb a long way up to go to that square and have a couple of beers. And yeah, Luxembourg, it's it's where it all happens. It's really It's very pretty. Central. I remember that. Yeah, it was very pretty. Do you remember when, well, it was the Nürburgring, wasn't it? That was the, the Luxembourg Grand Prix, even though it's not <laughs> in Luxembourg. Yeah. Yeah. 
The nerd bird ring. The nerd bird ring. Thank you very much. <laughs> As it's known on this pod. Um, I was going to make a joke that I had been to Luxembourg because I've been to the Nurburgring, ring, the nerd bird ring, but I haven't been there. So the joke wouldn't have, wouldn't have flown, would it, Lawrence? Oh, Nate. Would have flown. Bird. Nerd bird ring. Come on. Oh, I see what you That wasn't That's... deliberate. Was that deliberate? Portuguese is going to give us a six star review next week. <laughs> <laughs> we love, love Luxembourg. We, yeah, I like that. I like the review a lot. Speaking of reviews, it's time for. It's back. It's back. Back, baby. New and improved. I mean, it's the same. It's still six New seconds. New and improved. Nate, I haven't sure changed the unit of up? measurement. I think there's a, there's, a, there's a good bit in it. Well, at least one good bit. Hang on. 60 good I'm moments. There's lots it. of good bits in it. 60 good seconds coming up. Feed the medders. Hit the, hit the hit the beat. If you've only got one minute to spare, wanna know who finished when and where? Sit back, relax, cause we got you here's Nate with the 60 second review. Hello everyone, welcome back. What a season starter that was in Bahrain. Uh, this is gonna be my review of it in 60 seconds, uh, which is a minute, if you're counting. First place is Chalicler. You have to drop a letter from his name every time he wins, so his name's getting shorter by the minute. Sweet Carlos Sainz in second. Look at this in third place. It's the goat, Lewis Hamilton. Fourth place, the baby goat, George Russell. Is that a ram? It's not a ram, is it? I don't know my goats, it turns out. Fifth position. Now we're getting down to it. If he was a dog, he'd be a great Dane. Matters might say, return of the Mac, but I prefer to say, Mangle son of a preacher man, yes he was, yes he was, yes he was. Love that. Has to keep that up all year, and I'll be a very happy Nate. Sixth position, <laughs> solid performance, love seeing that. Uh, Ocon in seventh. Yuki Sonoda, Yuki, when you dr- stop it doing all the Uber Eats, that's what you can get. Eighth position. Fernando Alonso in ninth. Guan Yu Zhou, tenth. Awesome debut. Mick Schumacher, so close to that first point. Lance Stroll, he was there. Uh, Alex Albon, welcome back, Albono. A gentleman's 14th and 15th for McLaren. That was genuinely pretty deflating. Latifi, 16th. Hulkenberg, welcome back, 17th. Perez, angry. Max, 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 Super Max, more like Super Rage. And Gasly was, we love Gasly, but he his car conked out on him. <laughs> Sensational work. Oh, uh, Nate. Anything that much... involves you singing. I know. Yeah. I mean, also, what a voice, by the way. Right? All those, mu- all those music teachers that told me I didn't have it. They were wrong. They were uh, wrong. Genuinely, yeah. I, I endorse this message. Like, that was, that was both soothing and uplifting yeah. at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> that's, actually, that's actually the review I get a lot of the time, just from people. They meet me like, soothing and uplifting. My friend Nate Saunders. There's um, your new Twitter bio. Yeah. Now my one. Yeah, I do, I do need to change mine up actually. So maybe I'll put that. Soothing and uplifting. But yeah, uh, thanks everybody who sent me messages suggesting what I should say in the six-second review. I didn't use any of them, <laughs> but I appreciate the love. <laughs> I appreciate the love. I just basically I just try and do it in one take now because I find that funnier, um, and then I just forget all the good advice I've got. So um, yeah. Well, that's hush. If you keep that sort of approach up, you won't get more fan art. But you yeah, got some fan we, art, didn't you? We, I did, and I have to, I have to mention this uh, straight off the bat. This is one of the scariest and coolest things I've ever seen. Uh, at the same time, Samuel Cox, I believe, is his name, an artist. He's currently uh, living out in South Korea, but he sent in a picture. I, I assume he's a listener because he had the fifty-one percent facts in his Twitter uh, message to us. And he's got a picture, it's a cartoon picture of the Joker in the background, the words, ha, 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 ha. It's one that I, I'm not sure if that was, if that's from a, a comic book or whatever it is. But long story short is he's made me in the Joker role, hands on my head, 
and it's saying pad ho pad ha 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 pad hoc 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 in the background. It looks great. I think we've put it on the Facebook already, or we're going to. We're going um, to, and we'll share it on the Twitter as well. Yeah, and I think for at least the next kind of couple of weeks, I'm just going to have it as my um as my Twitter. Yes, that's picture. what I was hoping you were going to do. Because yes. it, like the guy, I said it's it's so good. I'd love to know if he used he must have used a picture of me. I assume. I mean, me the likeness, that. Nate, is uncanny. Well, you know, I don't know if you guys have noticed. You probably haven't. Right, but I've got a small gap between my two front teeth. He even had that in the picture. I was like, this guy knows me too well. Uh, no, but it was great, and uh, I mean, absolutely petrifying. It shows what would have happened if I'd chosen a life of crime instead of a life of podcasting with you two. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was it was great. So um, really, really liked that. And I spoke to Sam. He seems like a really nice guy. So uh, shout out to him. Five star review from me. There you go. I've done a review. Wow. Back. Wow. Nate does not hand those out lightly. No, I don't. No. Um, I don't think. That's, I think that's the first time I've reviewed anything five stars. But wow. I will admit that pic that picture is the opposite of soothing and uplifting at the same time. But <laughs> but that's but it why it'll be funny when that's my Twitter handle and my Twitter <laughs> and, bio, photo. and the picture is is absolutely <laughs> terrifying. Um and 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 out of context, we're looking at what's this? Well, it's just a picture of me. So yeah, it, no, it was great. It's great. It was good stuff. Thank you, fans. Bretta, you had any fan pictures recently? I have not. No. I think no. that um, I appreciate what they did for Nate, and I don't want to take away from Nate's fan art. So let's just focus on Nate's fan art for now. I mean, given some of the suggestions we've had from my fans, it could have been a lot worse, right? <laughs> if we got yeah, to like, only, only fans territory. So oh, I don't. Think, I think the don't. fact that it went demonic and not sexual, I think that's fine. <laughs> demonic, not sexual. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> Podcast episode title snorted. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that that was one of those moments. Where I was like, "Well, that's that's done. That's done our job for us." Later on, when we're discussing the episode name, everyone coming to find a Bahrain review, and they get that headline. Anyway, um, what did we think of Bahrain chaps? Loved it. I thought it was great. Well, we got on the Ferrari hype train, and then the hype train is taking getting gaining speed. Ferrari yeah, are going to win the World Championship, time. aren't they? They're going to win Ferrari the gonna, They're never going to lose an F1 race again. No. It's going to be one-twos for the whole year. Everyone's racing for third now, behind the red. Red mist. Is that your... Oh, is, that, is that you, Oh, Nate's yeah, yeah. door's gone. Nate's got to go and get his door. Yeah, you guys wow. talk about the race, because you both were there, and I was not. Yeah, okay, and you go back. get the door. Go, 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 go. go. BLB. To give everyone... <laughs> BLB. Uh, to give uh, Nate some context... Um, he is helping out a friend who's locked themselves out of a house and giving them a spare key or something. So he's off to do things. But this is it. This is my opportunity, isn't it, to like worm my way back into the podcast after um, what was what was the hashtag he got going? Medicine, like, <clears throat> Medi yeah, or whatever it was. So it's it's got to be um, drop Nate or whatever now. Well, hang on. If this happens and you go, then it's just going to be me, and it would just be one no, long Barreto no, 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 monologue. No, I get, to, I get to, I get to stay. One Barreto monologue sounds like a just a strange play that I don't want to see. <laughs> no, I um, don't want to see. You almost sound like an address. One Barreto monologue. <laughs> Formula One drive. Anyway. Okay, so we're kicking Nate out and we're putting you back in. Is that what we're asking? Yes. yes asking I if we've got support for that. Yeah, if fans could also now send in their Twitter suggestions for a new podcast title that's just Barreto and I, <laughs> yes. uh, then if those are better than the ones that were just Nate and Barreto, uh, I get to stay. Otherwise, uh, we might just boot Nate out. Uh, sorry, Barreto out and Nate and I'll stay. Well, um, yeah, at some point, this split's going to happen, isn't it? We can tell. We can see how it's going. Uh, let's talk Bahrain Barreto. Sorry, I got sidetracked. 
you were there. You were roaming the pit lane to talk to people when they rolled their cars out in to show to fans and media. That didn't really happen, did it? That failed. It's um, the idea is good. I think there was just a little bit of confusion as to what is feasible um, and what was supposed to happen. But the idea is the teams are supposed to roll their cars out so that everyone can have a good look at them uh, in the way that we get a good look at them when we get to go on the grid on a Sunday. But this is just a bit more um, dedicated time to go in and give a technical insight into it. So hopefully by Saudi Arabia um, when they do this again. So they're going to do this every race weekend. The cars are going to roll out on a Friday uh, and a Saturday um, after quality. Um, it will be good um, inside. But I just, I really liked A, doing that, being back in the pit lane, but B, being back on the grid for the first time since before COVID began. So it's Whoa. good. Yeah, it feels like a long time, but it was just cool because you get real insight into what the cars look like up close and personal, but also it's a great chance to talk to people uh, because everyone's on the grid and uh, and you can get a couple minutes with people that maybe were hidden away or busier at other parts on the weekend. So for me, it was good. And it was just nice to see you roaming about as well. Meadows bothering people. Who yeah, did you bother? Fred? Place. You bothered Fred? Uh, I tried to bother Fred on the grid, genuinely. Um, so another plug, but I'm doing a new SiriusXM weekly show called Wheel to Wheel uh, that went out on Sirius XM yesterday and it's on the SXM app as well um, the first episode and on that I admitted to this and people would have heard it if they heard the show live I was on the grid and I said I've got Fred Vasseur in front of me just by Valtteri Bottas's pit box I'm going to go and try and have a word with him and he could hear me obviously talking into the microphone I wasn't too far from him so he turned his back on me and walked over to an engineer to chat oh Fred and and the way he did it I was like he knew I was coming he knew what I was about to do but he also then clearly told the engineer because the two of them had a bit of a laugh and like half looked at me but then stayed engaged so I was like this wasn't even like a, just a little funny moment he doesn't want to talk right now so I had to admit I was like oh I'm not going to get him uh, but instead I spoke to Gunter uh, we had a good chat we're next to Kevin's car and we had a good chat then spoke to Andreas Seidel uh, about McLaren's potential woes which became big woes and uh, I got Otmar as well we had a good chat with Otmar uh, about the new gig and basically his hopes for the race, but just settling in and things. So yeah, that was really good fun. And then I also spoke briefly to Mario Isola afterwards about strategy and what's going to happen. So yeah, I got, got four people roaming the grid, which is cool. Uh, and there's a couple of times I kind of saw some drivers, but they were busy-ish or they were heading to the driver parade or the, you know, the um, national anthem. So I had to be careful with my timings, but uh, yeah. yeah, it was good fun to do. Really good fun to do. Um, used to do similar with NBC, but I would be one of two people and, they'd need to translate things so I never really got to take the lead too much there but uh this was cool I was just given freedom on my own and then afterwards I did get Fred after the race he was more than happy to talk then because it had gone well uh, and he did kind of laugh it off that he'd dodged me um so yeah that was good and I got Ross I got one of your bosses um I got got big daddy Braun uh afterwards in the uh in the tv pen and he was very pleased with how the new rules had worked out so I I agree but I want your take because obviously you'll be scathing as an employee of the F1. Uh, but I, um, what did you actually think of how they worked? Yeah, I think Ross and uh, when I spoke to Nick Tambassis at the FIA, they were all pretty happy with round one of these new rules. Um, I don't think it's the finished product yet. I think it's a, it's a good start. Um, and I think they were quite careful not to get like too excited about how things have gone. But generally speaking, I think that the new rules have worked. I think it's it's better than they were beforehand. I think that battle between Charles and Max, it wasn't just that first pass. What was important is that there was one pass and then a second pass after that. And then they were able to continue that battle. And to be honest, if Max hadn't locked up, that battle could have gone on for a little bit. 
longer as well. Um, but we saw not just those two, but all the way down the field. DRS didn't look as powerful. I don't know if you agree, but the DRS and the pow- the toe didn't look as powerful, but they were still able to to, to follow. Um, so I think it's a really good start. I think it's great. And also in, the other thing was when you were pulling alongside each other, that seemed more feasible, which I think was sometimes a little bit more difficult in years gone by where you could stay alongside for longer, which meant that you could get more battles through corners. So yeah, generally speaking, I think it was good. Yeah, I think so. From what I picked up on from the drivers, DRS was just as powerful, if not more powerful. But without it, you had nothing. So you didn't get sort of drawn into, you didn't gain with the slipstream. You only gained with DRS open. So yeah, straight line kind of, the adv- there was less of an advantage in a straight line than there has been in the past because you didn't get a toe as well. Like like you said, that was lacking. Um, but yeah, speaking to a few actually, like Kevin Magnuson was very uh, happy with it, said following was way better. Valtteri Bottas said the same. And then I had a good chat with uh, Esteban Ocon when we landed here in Jeddah at the uh, at the baggage reclaim belt. And um, I think I slightly offended him because it was silly. We were just talking about other stuff, um, karting and things like that, stuff that happened in Bahrain. Um, so, you know, as I wouldn't shut up about last week on the pod that I'd lucked into winning this karting race, but I'd followed out Oscar Piastri for a few laps and Esteban was pretty impressed. So we we're chatting about that. I asked him for all the tips for the next rounds and he's not raced at any of the tracks. So he was useless. Yeah. Um, but we we're chatting away about stuff like that for ages and Gran Turismo 7 that we sometimes play. And then he, I suddenly went, but you know, Sunday went well. Did you have fun? He was like, yeah, I was like, you were quick. But I kind of said it with like an element of surprise. Oh, as if he wasn't expecting and, it. Nah, yeah. And he was kind of like, yeah, he was like, yeah, it was like, it was good. Da, da, da. He said, I think we're pretty in good shape. But then I could say, I was like, yeah, you were like, really quick. Get yourself a penalty, still come back. And I think there was just part of him being like, and yes, I'm quick. <laughs> like, And it wasn't meant as like a, a criticism or anything. I suddenly thought it might come across badly, but I was impressed how much quicker than Alonso he was. Like he was comfortably the quicker of the two Alpines. So um, that was the bit that I was like, wow, like you you look a lot more comfortable in this car than Fernando, certainly that first race. So um, yeah, I'm not sure he took it that way. So if I never speak to Esteban Ocon again, it's, <laughs> it's my own fault, basically. I should shut my mouth. He just got on top of the tyres. He was he understood all three compounds um, just better than Fernando. I think Fernando was a little bit lost. Um, I'm sure he'll get on top of it, um, but Esteban seems to have adapted much quicker. So yeah, I thought it was a really good race from him, especially can, like you said, considering the five second penalty. Um, and fair play to him, he held his hands up, didn't he, and said it was my fault when he hit Mick right on the first lap. So um, yeah, fair play to him for doing that. Um, but yeah, overall, I think um, a cracking race. And if we can get more, I know Bahrain is a track that kind of encourages that kind of good racing. But if we can get those kind of races. Um, frequently this year i think we could be in for a really really good season although i joked about it earlier about the ferrari hype train and they're going to win the world championship um i just want to say that i was jested a bit as much as i i would like them to be in contention for the year it's a long way to go we don't really know where red bull are um yet um mercedes are going to come back so i think it's going to be close but it's just exciting i think that they took their opportunity um when it presented themselves, when it presented itself to them in Bahrain. And that's basically all you can do. 44 point lead over Red Bull after race one. I mean, they'll take that, won't they? Yeah, that might take a little while for Red Bull to close. Even for Merck to get, what, 27 points, I think it was. Um, that will take a little bit for Red Bull to close if they can, if the other two can be consistently scoring points. It'll take a couple of races, which gives Merck a buffer to kind of get on top of their issues and not be out of the battle. But, um, you yeah, know, maybe we'll, we'll come back to the Ferrari hype train finally when Nate returns because. 
he's Italian. Um, but this is great not having him. This is a dream. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was I was impressed with it. I am going to clip up both of you saying that they'll win every race easily and win the championship. <laughs> if, if I can be bothered to edit it together to just play back to you guys at some stage. Um, I've got a brutal travel schedule next week, so I might have might have time or I might just be sleeping on planes. But um, anyway, he's returning now, so we're going to have to be quiet. But um, yeah, it, it was. I was with you. I thought it was. I thought it was all very positive and exciting, and obviously not for every team. That some teams did mm-hmm. struggle a lot more, and that's going to be interesting to see if it's Merck Power Unit related. But now Nate's back, we can finally talk golf. Um, <laughs> no, you didn't wait for golf for me to come back, did you? Unbelievable. Well, no, we did. We did the golf day that Beretta had. Uh, all that happened is I played a little bit of golf as well, uh, but just with some other journalists on uh, Tuesday. And it was very nice. And I had a good time. Did not see any other F1 drivers, although Lando had said he was going to play loads of golf. When I landed in Jeddah, I saw Carlos had to wait for his golf clubs to come out from the uh, like oversized baggage section. Um, so they'll be gutted that they can't actually play here because there's no golf course nearby. Oh, I, no. believe, I believe Lando's heading back to uh, Bahrain in between to then um, play even more golf before he goes to the McLaren sim. I think it's part of some wider need to be in Bahrain. But yeah, he was like, yeah, I'll get some more. In. So um, I just love how keen he is to play golf at every spare opportunity. Um, so. And <laughs> I mean, you would, wouldn't you? If you're, if you're earning millions per year, like doing something so cool, like being a Formula One driver, and then you have the spare time to do it, you would absolutely like rinse another sport to try and get better at that too. Because then yeah, when true. you can beat people by being good at something that isn't your actual everyday job that's quite cool like that's that must be fun i mean he gets to play with pros every now and then so i'm, I'm just jealous i can i can feel the jealousy in it does brain. sound it does sound like a significant amount of jealousy i'm having a mayor here guys my i just got kicked out of this this chat that we're in i've only i've missed oh no podcast, sorry that was so medley's kicking you out mate that wasn't was it yeah yeah, yeah we decided it's better without contribution you. to be honest if people have enjoyed this last 15 minutes of the pod then I encourage them to tweet hashtag boot Nate. Uh, and then we can compare hashtag boot Nate and hashtag boot Medland. You say that like, one. like we didn't already suggest it, Nate. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you guys could have said anything. This last 20 minutes could have just been silence. Well, you're just going to have to listen back, Nate, and see what you missed. Oh, I always, I always listen back to my what, sultry tunes. What you tunes, did miss tunes. was us just chatting briefly about Bahrain and what we thought and then how cars can follow closer and a little bit on the Ferrari hype train. So why don't you... Uh, pipe up and give us your thoughts yeah i thought it was mega i think that the fact that leclerc could do that to verstappen i don't know if you talked about it this is this is great i don't have a clue what you guys talked about but how he said that he basically was letting max back into the fight at turn one letting max out break him because he knew he could follow him through turns two and three and then get him at four which i think is super encouraging like i'm not saying that couldn't have happened before but all the cars when you saw them in close battles looked really close together it's not going to be like that every race obviously but yeah, I thought it was super encouraging. I loved the Ferrari uh, Red Bull battle. I loved that Max and Leclerc kept it clean for three laps. Because, you know, after last year, I think we've just got used to winning duels just being like, okay, well, they're going to crash at some point. <laughs> the winner will be the one that doesn't get a penalty or whatever. So that was good. It was nice that the two race directors didn't have to deal with anything controversial. for, that, for the. Sorry, well, obviously there's not two of them, but the, the new era didn't have like some stupid controversy to kick it off with. So pretty positive race, I thought. And yeah, I think I tweeted after that it was nice. It, it, I can't remember the exact wording of the tweet, but I said it was nice to have like an old school race with like old school reliability drama, two drivers fighting for the win, uncontroversial winner. And like none of this nonsense we had last year with like 
you know, two teams that by the end would basically, it seemed like just trying to out kind of out media each other, you know, out criticize each other in the media. And it just felt like a nice refreshing race again. So I just thought that was nice. You know, sometimes it's, it's good to have a, a change up disappointing about McLaren, but the, the Haas, Haas being in the top five completely saved that for me. I thought that was the best thing I've seen in F1 in a long time. That was great. Like gen, just a genuine feel good story. You know, we're all good friends with people at Haas. Like it's a, it's a favorite team of mine. So that was awesome. Long live Haas. <laughs> and F1. Yeah, what, what was really cute about all that? What cars following cute. closely. Sorry, mate. What was, <laughs> what was really cute about all that was um, Kevin having his daughter there and like really yeah. embracing that as well. Like the, um, I think he's married, isn't he? So it was his wife and his daughter. And they to have his family there and to be enjoying that kind of feel-good return. And we saw them at the airport, actually, when they were going to leave and stuff. And it's like his daughter's so cute and enjoying the adventure and things. And he's clearly so proud um it just looked like it just made you feel good seeing like that come together for them so um yeah because yeah, his daughter was like high-fiving people in the paddock afterwards and there's a point so our, our good friend Stu Morrison um the director of comms there at Haas had Kevin's drinks bottle um after the race and was holding it for him because he'd been doing interviews and it's got like a quite a long rubber tube on it uh, and Kevin's daughter grabbed the rubber tube wanting to kind of either play with it or drink from it so and pulled it enough that Ke- that Stu was just like okay and just gave her the drinks bottle. So she was like yay and had the <laughs> drinks bottle to drink from. So Kevin, I think, went thirsty for the rest of his media sessions that he did after the race. But um, yeah, <laughs> very cute to have around. So that was a feel good one. Um, that video of him of him with Laura, his, his um, the baby, like putting her in the car, and then she's and then you could see K Mag and, and his wife there just kind of looking. And it, and it was just such wholesome content. It was great. It was like reminded me of a few years ago when Kimmy um was was bringing robin around you know and robin was like just so proud of his dad and kimmy was so it's when you see i think when you see f1 drivers with kids i don't know it's just you don't see it all the time do you it's not like i think with footballers and other sports you're more used to seeing them with family but we're kind of especially when it's male drivers you're talking about like you in f1 i don't know it just has always seemed like it's it's f1 first and then you know obviously schumacher had a family and stuff but you don't see that from everyone so it is nice not saying they all should have one or well, it's bad if they don't, but it's just a rare, a rare thing. So it's pretty cool. And for Magnuson, like you said, Meadows, like he would not have had that experience if he hadn't been able to come back. Like he'd have never been able to, his daughter would never have come with him to an F1 race while he was competing there. So like, I just thought it was great. And everything that has went through behind the scenes in the last few weeks, it was just like, it couldn't have turned around more perfectly for them. So obviously some testing times ahead probably. Um, but what, what do you guys think? Do you guys think they're going to stay up there or? Do you think that was a one-off? Because the car looks fundamentally pretty quick. It might not be fourth fastest the whole time. Like I, I feel like McLaren will probably still be there when they're at a more circuit a bit more suited to their car, but they're still a long way off the pace. But I don't know, Haas, it seems pretty legit to me. Yeah, I yeah. think that the general feeling is that that Haas is a pretty decent race car. That yeah. I think they've got a good development plan targeted for it this year. I think that, you know, by spending all the money from last year on this year's car, they've got a very refined, pretty tidy looking, detailed car. Um, and I think that if they can score heavily early on, even if McLaren start to catch back up and and make progress, it might be too late. Like we were talking earlier, um, Meadows and I, about how like having three teams at the top is taking points off each other, which means closing gaps is going to be harder. It's going to be the same, I think, further down the midfield when teams are more evenly matched in that area. So I think anyone can, who can get a good start um, can have a really good year. It's a proper yeah. David versus Goliath, that isn't it? Haas versus McLaren. Like when you look at the factory of McLaren and you look at like where, where Haas operates from in the UK, 
That's a, I know, and 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 that kind of shows you as well that will that will be a really good kind of PR win for the cost cap as well. The fact that the fact that Haas is able to come in, develop on the sliding scale where they get more development than anyone else, but also kind of compete within, or at least compete against teams that aren't able to just simply outspend them, because that's kind of the point of the cost cap, isn't it? It's not like it's not restricting everyone's spending as much as it is as it is saying to like McLaren and Mercedes. Well, hey, you've got to operate to this here, which I, th- I remember Gunther Steiner saying we probably won't ever always max that out but it means that we're fighting within you know within reach of these teams which i think is a really smart way to implement that in a sport like f1 when money is just kind of thrown around otherwise yeah i don't know how much that they're spending this year now but there was a point i thought last year where gunther was saying they probably would be close to cost cap if not at it because of where it's at now um Mm. it is an attainable figure to go okay that that gives you as much of a chance as against anyone else financially um obviously for certain teams They've got resources or facilities that kind of outweigh that. But um, McLaren were lagging behind the likes of Merck, Red Bull and Ferrari for quite a while uh, in terms of the overall spend. They still had a good budget, but mm-hmm. they were they were pushing quite hard for that budget cap too because they could not go anywhere near some some of the numbers that were being spent. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's David versus Goliath in the sense of like kind of history and facilities. But now in terms of budget, it's not, is it? That that's gone, which is kind of cool. So yeah, it will be really interesting to see. And I agree with you, Bretto. I think I think that car will remain strong. I think if anything, we haven't seen everything from it because they had a disrupted preseason. They didn't do a lot of running in Barcelona, so they only really got to get things together for uh, Bahrain, which might mean there's a race or two now where they are up and down because they, you know, maximized the car setup for one track. But Magnuson himself said, you know, I'm only gonna get better. I'm still learning a lot about the car, about you know, just procedures and things uh, I remember him saying on Sunday night that he didn't know how hard to fight uh, Lewis and Checo and George when they were coming through because he didn't know if they actually had cards that were much quicker than him or, or actually not a lot quicker and he should try and hold them up so it, like without that experience because he hadn't been kind of in it from day one that almost cost him he thinks and he overpushed and locked up a few times in that first stint but but got it back um, later in the race so there's lots of things that will only improve the time with Magnussen coming in late and the team having a bit of a disruptive winter. I think the real test uh, for Haas is that when they encounter a problem, how well they deal with that, because we saw time and time and again during their really, really difficult period, they encountered a problem and then they couldn't develop their way out of it and they were confused and it took them months and months and months. So it's great that things are going well for them now, but it will be interesting to see how they, if whether they're set up better. I know they've got a lot more Ferrari personnel now and just the way the team operates is slightly different to those darker days, but it'll be interesting to see how they um respond to that but yeah i think we're going to be talking about Haas quite a lot this year um but i also given nate has given k mag such a shout out i want to give valtteri bottas a shout out because i feel like he gets a lot of hard uh, uh, uh he's been given a hard time over the years for not being able to overtake and uh to be fair to him both alfa romeo's had dreadful starts and bottas went way back dropped 10 places or so didn't he it was something like that yeah i think he went up to 13th yeah and uh, and then fought his way back up to six. So I just want to say fair play to him for um, cutting his way back through the field. Not to belittle what Butters did either, but I think Guan Yu Zhou was, or Joe Guan Yu, was the most impressive driver for me of that opening race because as a rookie, same thing, he had a really bad start. They said it's a clutch issue, isn't it? It's actually a mechanical issue that that car has, they're trying to improve, but it gives you wheel spin up into third gear and stuff, cooks the rear tyres, and then you're sliding around for the first lap and you're you're a sitting duck. So they both went back basically as far as each other and Joe went to last on the road. And I thought, oh, well, that's his kind of race run. 
A, the outfit was quick, so he had the ability to come through. But B, the way he did it, the way he handled it, he was so smooth and precise. Like, looked like he'd been racing for years. Absolute, and well, he has been in other categories, but in F1, you know, the pressure that comes with that. He looked so at home. He, he made some really smart, like, easy moves um, and just didn't seem to get held up in traffic at all. If anything, I thought actually recovered a bit easier than Valtteri did because he got up to Valtteri's gearbox uh, in that first stint. And I think from that point on, yeah, Valtteri kind of found his feet and and pulled away a little bit from Joe and, and got the stronger finish. But Joe still got a point. And I felt like on, on debut, he recovered and earned that point. That wasn't, you know, I know the two Red Bulls retired late on, but that kind of, I know, and that promoted him into 10th, but it wasn't that he'd sat in 12th all day and done nothing. He'd actually fought back into a position that got him that. So I was really, really impressed with that. Um, uh, probably, you know, I wasn't expecting it from him. I thought it might take him a while to find his feet. So tip of the cap to Joe. He was so emotional <laughs> afterwards as well. Um, the, the tears, um, you could see how much it meant for him. It's evident that he doesn't talk about it much, but the pressure obviously from China, the billion people that are following him, um, the, the perception by many that he doesn't deserve to be in Formula One. And I think a lot of people wanted, you know, Piastri or whoever else above Joe. I think that he's dealt, the fact that he's dealt with all of that, he's gone into a team where he's got an experienced driver in the other car. He hasn't really had a lot of running in, in, in this Alfa Romeo. And the fact that he had the grand running, he probably gained from having that experience on 18 inch tires. That probably helped him a little bit from, uh, from F2. Um, but like you said, yeah, fair play to him. I'm pleased for him. When you say it like that as well, one billion people, like it just hammers home, like how many people he's he's kind of racing for in in that sense. Because you never really think about it, but when you're the when you're the first person from your country, it's like shit. Like that is that's ridiculous pressure. So yeah, fair play to him. I definitely wasn't expecting that from him either. Like I didn't, you know, coming in. Obviously, you mentioned Piastri. Like a lot of people wanted Piastri there, but yeah, it's always easy to kind of just assume someone. You're like, okay, this guy shouldn't be here, so he's going to be bad. But um, yeah. I'm happy for him to keep proving us wrong. Yeah. Um, very impressive. Uh, raised a glass to him on Sunday night. I didn't, but that's an attempt to segue <laughs> to something you put in a glass. And when you mix it with water, you end up with squash. Ha! Because I want to end this show with a proper good story that we've had teased to us listeners. By I've Mr. been, I've actually genuinely been, I was, I was like, I hope when I'm away from this pod, uh, they don't tell this without me. So I'm glad you haven't. No. That, is, that might Bruce. be your best ever segue, mate. I don't think it's, oh, it's, don't don't worry. Think it's going to get There's going to be more where that came from this year. <laughs> we um, need to get we need to get sponsored by Segway. <laughs> yeah, we do. Uh, anyway, squash. Shoot. Tell us. So on Monday, I had a flight um, that was much later. I'm not, I've not gone to Saudi. I'm in my house currently, like Nate is in his own house and Medes is in a Saudi media hotel. And so um, after um, I beat Carlos Sainz at squash, there's the train in the background. Oh, that here. was a good one. <laughs> that was such perfect timing. <laughs> the train, the train wants to hear the story. You, beat, you beat Carlos Sainz, yes. <laughs> All aboard the squash um, hype train. That was literally the Ferrari hype <laughs> train coming past. Oh, that was incredible. That was good at racing, bad at squash. Um, good. <laughs> um, Carlos had told Charles that I'd beaten him. So Charles asked if we could play. So on Monday after the race, I wasn't sure if he'd want to because he'd, you know, just going to want to go on pre, um, whether he'd want to do it. But he was still up for it. So we played. And uh, how do you guys think I got on? 
Oh. So you, what, what was your score against Carlos? How close was it? 5-2. Um, it was close for probably the first three games, and then I pulled away. Oh, wow. Carlos. That was against, against Carlos. I think you beat Carlos. I think, sorry, against Carlos, I yeah. think you beat. I think you beat Leclerc. I think you're two and zero oh against Ferrari drivers. I'm going to say the same. There's a little smile on his face. It's really <laughs> as I said that. There's a little nod. There's a little nod and a smile. Like, he's been trying to keep his lips like pursed together so not to give it away, and he was really struggling. So yeah, I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with you beat the Bahrain Grand Prix winner, the championship leader. I think lost to Lawrence Barreto at squash. Yes, I did. Yes, I had a Ferrari. Yes, Barreto. Amazing. <laughs> I felt wow. um, I felt a bit bad for him because um, I think he thought that his his level was higher than uh, he just hasn't played for a while, so you could tell that. And towards the end, he was picking it up. But yes, I don't care. The fact of the matter is, I beat him. And so I was going to say, stop. You're doing what Meadows was doing last week when he was like, "I did have to slow a cart though." You're trying to you're trying to downplay it. Play cart. that. Play that bad. Sorry, sorry. Fastest cart. You play that up. That's amazing. You didn't beat one F1 driver over the course of a week. You beat two. Yeah, which I, is, it's which is pretty damn impressive. No, I'm not an elite, an elite athlete, so I'm... Can I ask you a question, though? If I played them, I, I mean, I'm clumsy as hell, as you guys know. I would be worried that I would have, I would have just stepped on one of them or clattered into... Because squash <laughs> is quite... Squash can be quite deadly. It can be quite dangerous when you, like, b- bounce into someone. Were you not worried about that? Did you have to, like, get some insurance out or something? No. Like, what? how does that work? Wait, I mean, maybe I should have done... No, I was, yeah, I was, was mostly... Was, not so it wasn't there, bang on the glass. Like, who's, <laughs> yeah. who gave permission for this? Because he should have been, because yeah. incredibly reckless. Well, especially after that weekend, you need to protect the talent, don't you, I suppose? That would have been the most Ferrari thing I've ever seen if they <laughs> deliver this car, and then one of their drivers gets injured playing F1, F1's lead re- re- reporter for... <laughs> and then they're like, well, why did we lose this year? It's like, well... Both drivers. Both, beat them yeah. Both. Well, I mean, the, the psychological impact of those defeats to you at Squash... Uh, because it sounds like you and Carlos are pretty competitive with each other. And you just said Charles was like, well, I need to play him now. And then underestimated the level he needed. I mean, he must have gone away crushed by Monday night, having been on such a high on Sunday night. Well, I think it's good to ground people, right? So I feel like <laughs> it's good to you know, just bring him down from the clouds. Not Sorry, not that he was in the clouds. But um, yeah, no, it was good. Uh, I'm going to get some coaching now, see if I can step it up. But you're already um, beating them. No, I know, but I need to make sure I keep a certain level. Did you have any fun anecdotes when you were playing them? Like, did you did you talk about the race? Did you talk about this, the fact that it's Ferrari's Ferrari's year? We had a little just... bit. We had a little bit of chat, but the, I'll be honest with you, the main focus was victory. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it, was, it was it was domination. <laughs> it was no, as in both of us, the focus was can't lose. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. there wasn't really much scope for um, chit chat, at least during the course of the game. Um, uh, and then maybe after... he's now like he's now like I've seen what it takes to win properly. <laughs> Leclerc's like I thought my I thought I was intense. I thought I loved victory until I played Lawrence Barreto at squash. He's there now, just like trying to get into your your headspace when you play him at squash. We're going to see a new and improved both of them actually, new and improved Leclerc and Science this weekend. And they'll talk to they'll talk and be like, I have to thank Lawrence Barreto. <laughs> You're welcome for teaching for teaching me the true depths of victory. <laughs> I, I'm gonna so I've got to run in a sec to actually go to the track to interview these people. So I'm gonna ask Leclerc oh, what it's done for his. <laughs> no, but not personally, just a media group session. But I'm gonna ask Leclerc about what it's done for his uh, mental strength or fragility to have lost on Monday to Barreto. But I do have a question for you, Barreto, because I played with you and Rupert in Austin a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. And was quite 
resoundingly beaten I seem to remember it was the first time I've it's the only time I've played in about five years but yeah. maybe a bit like Charles I thought I used to play squash used to be fine and then was miles off how far off would I be off a Charles Leclerc a rusty uh, Charles miles, Leclerc miles off I'm afraid oh, okay. mate like that's all right. can, that's good to, to know to be fair the last uh, game that we played was super competitive if we played again I'm not sure I would beat him it would be close <clears throat> it would be close take it and run well, see, don't play him again I was going to I was going to challenge Lawrence to play because I've been playing with my friend Ben, um, but I don't think I'm anywhere near any of any of the levels that have been mentioned here. I, I can barely beat my friend Ben, and we've we've just started playing. So Nate, you and I should I'll play. play you, Meadows. Yeah, yeah, that's, we'll okay, play. that's that's good. We'll do yeah. we'll do a pad hoc cup. So me and Meadows will play like a best of three series. Winner gets to play Beretto, and then get roundly beaten. And then we'll, then, then we'll the tell everyone. Hook. Yeah, we'll tell everyone just how good he is, or isn't, if yeah. either of us manages to beat him. But uh, no pressure, Bretto. But that's the one that really hurt. It won't be you getting to beat, or like you won't feel the pressure against an F1 driver. It will be if one of us manages to take it to you. Well, I tell you what. Okay, so uh, I'll play both of you guys, and I will we'll play first to eleven, score on every point, and I'll give you both a five point head start in every single game that we play. Oh, this is this is some smack talk. I was not expecting from Los Bretto. Oh, thanks for the five point head start, man. That's very kind of you. Not oh, having that one. Zero, That's zero, right. No, I'm taking you up on that. I'm gonna beat you. I'm beat you eleven ten. I'm gonna claw my way back into it. I'm gonna give up the lead and then fight back. You're, you're gonna give up the lead that I've given you. I'll give up the lead. Then... I'll do what the clerk did. I'll, I'll I'll let you come past me at turn one. Follow you closely through games eight, nine, and ten, and then boom, use DRS, which would be. The bit of the squash, the top of the wall, the <laughs> top bit, bit of backspin. <laughs> I've got a great backhand stroke. The rest of my game's terrible. <laughs> so just, if you keep it on my right hand side, you'll beat me easily. Okay, that's good. To or know. will you? <laughs> Tune in next week to find out. <laughs> <laughs> Mind games. Um, all right, chaps. I appreciate that, Meadows. You've got to go and do some work. Um, Nate, I don't know. Do you have to go do some work too? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think so. <laughs> I don't know, really. Sorry I, sorry, I was away for the pod. So to explain, my friend, she got locked out and then she brought the she brought the Afghan hound over. So I was just I was just basically trying to chase this dog around my flat for a little bit. So that's why I was that's why I was away. I wasn't talking to a Fittipaldi, uh, sadly, Meadows. So my my absence from the pod was not F one related. You're a man of the people, dog around. Nate. What a good neighbor you are. Hey, what a good. Neighbor. I know. Always good have man. a spare key for your friends. Yes, because when they go on holiday, you can just go and live in the house. <laughs> right. On that note, let's call it there. <laughs> um, thank you very much to everyone who was listening. Please remember to follow us on our social channels at the Pad Hoc, uh, and remember to hit the subscribe button. You can read Meadows' work on Racer.com, Nate's work on ESPN.com, and my work on F1.com. And we'll do this again very, very soon. Bye. Network.